You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. We're talking about the marks of wisdom or what wisdom looks like, feels like, and acts like. Um, when you're operating in wisdom, these are some of the qualities that you're going to see coming out of you when you operate with the wisdom of God. But first, I want to read Proverbs chapter 2. It says, verse 1, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. You know, Pastor Sean taught, uh, uh, you know, on Proverbs, he, he knows I'm teaching on wisdom. And so we've been meditating on that a lot. I've been talking to the staff about wisdom and, and a lot of people about wisdom. God put that on my heart coming out of that 40-day walk to teach on wisdom. And I've said this many times, I'm going to say it many times more, that if we use God's wisdom, we can avoid about 90% of problems. And we can overcome them with using His wisdom and get past them. You know, what a lot of people do is they use their faith 90% of the time, and they, and they use wisdom about 10% of the time. It should be the opposite of that, that we should have faith in God's wisdom and use his wisdom 90% of the time, and then when we need it, that's when we say, God, I've done all I know to do. Now I trust you to make up the difference. And wisdom, I've, I've said this too, wisdom and faith are best friends. They're not enemies, and some people treat. Like if I use wisdom, then I'm violating faith. You're not when you use wisdom. When you're using wisdom, you're, you're saying, I believe in God's word, and I believe in how God acts and how he thinks and how he instructs us to act and think. We're having, we're having faith in his wisdom that if we follow his wisdom, we're going to get his results. But he says here, he says, my child, when you treasure my wisdom, when you begin to treasure it, then and only then will you acquire it. So to acquire God's, to acquire God's wisdom, you have to begin to treasure God's wisdom. I treasure it because it's been so proven in my life that every time I operate by wisdom, good things happen. And when I operate by foolishness, bad things happen. It's, it's, not, it's not complicated. It's two plus two equals four. God is good. The devil's bad. God's wisdom is good. The devil's foolishness is bad. It's that simple. But you have to begin to treasure it and want it. You know, what you treasure, you'll, you'll act on, you'll do, you'll, you'll go to. If you treasure family, then you're going to be with your family. If you treasure your home, you'll take care of it. If you treasure your time, then you're going to be real strategic how you use your time. If you treasure the gifts and talents and blessings, financial blessings God has given you, then you'll treat those like a treasure, like a gift from God. If you treasure God's wisdom, then you'll, you'll value it and you'll want, to get, you'll want to get in it and get it. You know, he, he compares his wisdom to, to like a treasure that, that is buried in the ground. And, and the, the case here is that we know where it's buried. X marks, marks the spot. It's just buried right here. He's like, I'm not hiding it. I'm going to put my treasure right out in front. Anybody can find it. All you got to do is get in here and dig a little. He's not hiding it. It's right here in this book. And so he said, man, you've got to begin to treasure it and want to get it. He said, when you do, you'll acquire it. He's, he's saying, I'm not hiding it from you. If you treasure it and you go for it, I'll give it to you. Then he says this, and, and only if you accept my advice and hide it within, 
within will you succeed. He said, if you want to succeed, you've got to begin to treasure and, and, and accept his counsel and hide it within you. What does it mean to hide it within you? Let it make a home in you. Let it become a part of you so that when you face circumstances and situations, you're not always having, having to decide right and wrong all the time because you've treasured God's wisdom. It's like, I know exactly what to do here. I know what to do here. This is wisdom. I'm going to follow this path. I'm going to go this direction. And, and we, begin to, we begin to succeed because we begin to operate by God's wisdom. And you have to understand, you know, when we hear the word success, a lot of us think of financial reward, but that's not, that's not true success. He told Joshua, there's good success. Joshua said, and then you will have good success. So that means there's good success and bad success. So what is good success? And what is the success God is talking about? He's talking about that you have more than enough to take care of your family and to give financially. But it's more than that. Your relationships are good. Your relationships are good. You're healthy. You're, you're, good things are happening. You have, a, you have a purpose and a mission. You have a job that God's called you to. And you have, you have a purpose and you have a life. and You have a joy inside of you. You have a peace that you walk in. It's not all to do with money, guys. Matter of fact, that God's like, I can provide those lesser things for you if you just put my kingdom first. I'll provide that, less, that lesser stuff. Man, what's better than to have great marriages and great kids and great relationships and you come home to a place of peace? Amen? That's worth, that's worth so much. And that you're doing, you're doing what God's called you to do and you know it. So you don't get up going to work. You get up going to fulfill the purpose and calling of God on your life. Isn't that amazing? That's an amazing way to live. And God's like, man, if you'll just treasure this, I'll show you exactly how to do that. How to live like that with a purpose and a passion. He said, so train your heart to listen when I speak. Train your heart to listen. We have to train our hearts to listen and not ignore it or not let it bounce off and deflect it. But train our hearts to listen and say, man, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you'll give me. Come on, God. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. I ran into, I don't know if you guys know Luke and his family. They own Hot Bev up north in one of the strip malls. And, and they come to church here. They're probably here tonight. And, and they have a little five-year-old daughter that walked into the store with her mama the other day. And just jumped right. Pastor Shauna was sitting there drinking a great oh, this shake. I'm, I'm craving it. I need to get another one of those, Luke, if you're here. Uh, but I, I, I was drinking a shake for lunch in a protein shake, chocolate, banana, mm, mm, good shake. And so it was good. And so we're drinking this protein shake, and his daughter, his little five-year-old daughter comes in. She just plops down at her table and just begins to talk to us. And she's so entertaining. I got such a kick out of her. And she said, I talked about her, uh, something about being funny. And she goes, I'm funny. I said, really? She goes, I got a joke. I said, well, tell me your joke. She said, what do you call a bear with no, no teeth? A gummy bear. And I laughed just like that. It was funny. I'm like, that's, I said, you told a dad joke and you're a five-year-old little girl. Good dad joke. I, I don't know why I said that. I just I thought it would just entertain you. So he says, so, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. 
You know, everything he gives us is designed to be passed on to somebody. We're, we're, we're a pass-through uh, person, man. Everything, everything we get is designed to be passed on. And so he said, man, open wide and train your heart to listen and open wide and get discernment. And let me teach you how to operate by my wisdom. Then you'll succeed. And he told Joshua, you'll have good success. So he's telling us today, you'll not only succeed, you'll have good success. Things will be in order. Things will be, they won't be perfect, but they'll be in order in your life and they'll be good. They'll be good. Life will be good. Amen? He said, so listen to my wisdom. He said, yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. What does it mean to intercede? Interceding is, is a deeper desire than just a prayer. We put, God said pray without ceasing. We should be praying all day for stuff. And when stuff comes up, it's like, man, that, that man, I just saw that so-and-so's in the hospital. Let me pray for them right quick while I'm driving or, or whatever I'm doing. And, you know, we should be praying all day. Stuff comes up, we should be praying all day. But interceding's different. Interceding said, I'm going to take some time aside. I'm going to go get in a place, a, a secret place, a private place, and I'm going to lay on my face before God, or I'm going I'm to get on my knees, or I'm going to sit on the couch, whatever, and I'm going to get on my rocking chair on my back porch, and I'm going to pray this out. I need some insight, Father. I need some wisdom. And it's, it's more intense, and it's intentional. Setting aside an hour, two hours, whatever it takes to get the answer. So he said, we should operate like that. When we really need wisdom, we need to intercede for insight. Most of the time when we get in trouble, instead of interceding for insight into the, into the situation and see how God would handle it and how God will direct you, a lot of times what we do is we spend more time letting our minds race with the problems or trying to figure it out ourselves or dealing with our hurt. Or deal and God wants to help us with all of that, but the first thing he wants to do is quiet our minds and, let us, and get us to a place where we're pursuing insight. Like, God, what do I do here? A lot of us will call and want to just talk, 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 talk to everybody about it. God doesn't say to do that. He said, listen, when you're in trouble and you really need to hear from me, set aside some time, man, and just pray and with a more, greater intensity and seek me for the answer for that problem. This is how God operates. Now, you can operate wherever you want. You can say, say well, I'm just going to still call my mom and talk for 10 hours. And I'm going to call my best friend, and I'm going to, call, I'm going to tell everybody at work, and, I, and that's how I'm going to so I'm just going to tell everybody. I'm just going to talk, 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 and tell everybody, and I'm not going to spend time. I'll throw one a little prayer up, like, God, help me. Uh, you know, help me, Jesus, and just move on and do whatever I want to do and act however I want to, want to act. You can do that. But if you want to operate God, by God's wisdom, you're going to slow that roll and you're going to say, okay, I need to slow this down. I'm going to get alone. And I'm going to get with God. And I'm going to pray this off of me. I'm going to quiet my mind. I'm going to pray till my mind gets quiet and still until I hear from the Father what the next step is. Till I get some insight. And we need to teach our sons and our daughters how to pray like that. They need to see us praying like that. They need to see us working through situations and, and talking about, well, what would... What, what does God's word say here? And what do I do here? And seeking God. They need to see us doing that so they'll do that. Um, he says this. He says, for if you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. This fear is not like a fear of a snake or fear of darkness or fear of this or fear of that. It's not a phobia fear. It's not that kind of fear. It's a respect. 
It's a reverence. It's a standing in awe of God because this awesome holy God loves you. This awesome holy God pays attention to you. He created you. He knitted you in your mother's womb. This awesome holy God came to earth and died for you. I stand in awe of him that he would care about me, little old me, that much. That he would care about us that much. The creator of the, he spoke the universe into existence with a word. Universe be and universe was. That's it, man. And, and he still cares about us and created us and loves us and died for us. I mean, that's amazing to me. I stand in awe of him and I stand in reverence of him because I know he's perfect and holy and I am not. It amazes me that he would die for me. It amazes me that he'd forgive me. And when you discover that, you'll stand in awe of God and you'll look at the sunsets. I, I love it, man. I talk about the sunsets and sunrises and Tori and Ralph and Ernie Lopez. They send me pictures from their, their houses of sunsets and sunrises. And man, I eat that stuff up, man. I look, I, I, I just, I'm in awe of how God can paint a sky. Pink, pink, purple, gray. It's just amazing. I just like, God, you're, you're incredible. I mean, I stand in awe of him. We need to stand in reverence of him. When I walked through some of the beauty of our state, I would just, I would just stop, and we would just look, wouldn't we, Pastor Joe? We would just look and go, Dad, gum, that's beautiful. That's just, and we would just talk about God and, and like, wow, and, and just stand in awe of him. And that's what he says, when you seek and acquire his wisdom, you'll get this awe, this reverence, this, this genuine respect for God in your life, and it will cause you to walk a little softer in, through life. What do I mean by that? I, I guess that's the only way I know how to describe it. You just walk a little differently through life. You don't just trudge through. You don't just, you're not trudging. You're not grinding it out. You're not heavy laden. You just, you have this respect and this reverence for God that, that you just carry with you all the time. And it just, it impacts you. It impacts your decisions. It impacts what you say, what you do all the time. And even when you make a mistake, it impacts you. You walk away going, Dad, gummit God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I ask you to forgive me because there's a reverence about you towards him. There's just a reverence on you. I can sense it just entered the room right now. There's a reverence. There's a respect that he sees and knows everything you do, think, and act on. And he loves you anyway. Loves me anyway. Isn't that amazing? Man, when you, when you seek the wisdom of God, the fear of God, he'll teach you how to do that. And when you get the fear of God, then you'll start understanding the love of God. He says this. He says, um, Wisdom is a gift from, a, this is verse 6, Wisdom is a gift from a generous God and every word he speaks is full of revelation. It becomes a fountain of understanding within you. It starts just like a fountain. It's just running all the time, this wisdom. He says, for the Lord has, hidden store, has, a, has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He becomes more personal. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. He's saying, listen, until you really listen and acquire my wisdom, you'll never walk into your destiny completely. 
Because he, his wisdom's got to guide you and direct you into decisions. His wisdom is the, is, helps you make the right choice and the right decision. Where to go, where to live, what job to take, who to marry, who not to marry, who to, who to partner with, who not to partner with. His wisdom guides us. And when we get that wisdom and we start walking in it, that's when we walk into our destiny. We hear a lot of people talk about that word destiny. And it sounds so grand and so great and so glorious, but very few Unfortunately, I hope you're the, all of you are the very few, all of you online are the very few, are the very few that are willing to really seek God's wisdom and, and let his wisdom be like a fountain inside of you that helps you make decisions and you get to walk out your destiny. And you actually get to live a destiny moment. I've lived a destiny day every day for years because I'm walking in my destiny. I'm living in my destiny. It's incredible to live in it. I have a destiny marriage. I, have, I believe I have destiny children. I have, and nothing's perfect and nothing's just right and there's issues and there's stuff we're trying to overcome. But man, we're still walking in our destiny in the ministry. We're walking in our destiny and our purpose. And God's got a purpose and destiny for you in the medical profession or, or you helping kids or counseling or teaching or doing whatever God's called you to do. You have a destiny and you have a purpose. And if you'll walk out God's wisdom and stop looking for people to, to, to promote you and trying to be a people pleaser and be a God pleaser, when you're pleasing to God, you'll be pleasing to most people. Amen. And the ones you're not pleasing to, God will just get you right past them. They can't stop your destiny if you're pleasing to God. He said it's impossible to please him if you're not in faith. It takes faith to say, God, I trust your wisdom over the wisdom of the world. I'm going to be a truth teller. I'm going to do things right. I'm going to follow your word when it's not popular. I'm just going to do what you say to do because I trust you. You're the promoter. You're the destiny maker, you're the destiny creator, you're the destiny, you're the destiny God, you're the one that helps me walk into it, be in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. It's you, God, and I trust you. You're the only one that knows my destiny, my purpose. He said you'll be empowered to make right decisions as you walk into your destiny. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks, it breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. Enters your soul. True pleasure enters your soul. There's a joy. There's a happiness. There's something. There's a peace that comes with it. That no matter you know how, how many times your emotions are worked by circumstances or situations, you get angry, you get frustrated or down. Man, there's something about walking in God's wisdom that always brings you back to a place of peace. Like, you know what? I lost my temper today, but you know what? That's, I'm going to get past that. God's going to help me, and I know it. Father, I'm sorry. I should have just trusted you. And you just keep moving, and there's this peace on you that just keeps you moving forward despite the circumstances. And there's a joy in your soul, a genuine joy, not something fake. You're not faking it till you make it. You're, you're, it's genuine. It's sincere. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you, and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. Man, did you hear that? Divine design will watch over you. 
That's God. His design for you. It's divine. It's holy. It's supernatural. We'll watch over you and na- help you navigate. And if you do, you go off the path and, you, and you, you say, God, I know I made a bad choice. I'm off the path. He has a way of navigating you right back on it. It puts you right back on it. He's amazing. He can do that at any time. When you say, God, you know what? I'm not walking according to your wisdom. I'm not treating my relationships according to your wisdom. I'm not treating, I'm not treating my job, my, my mental health. I don't think right, God, and I know it, and I'm done, and I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start following you and do what you say to do, and I'm gonna start seeking it for myself. I'm gonna start reading Proverbs. I'm gonna start seeking your wisdom in your word. How to live, how to act, what to do. And then I'm going to not just seek it. Uh, I'm not just going to get the facts, and I'm not just going to get the understanding of it. I'm going to truly walk in your wisdom. When you're walking in God's wisdom, you're acting on his word. That's what wisdom is. When you gather knowledge and understanding, when you know the facts, but you also understand how the facts apply to your life, and you start walking in that making decisions, wise decisions. Good things happen. Oh, the divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. You know, I love counsel. It always amazes me when people make decisions without seeking counsel. Or they seek counsel, but they don't seek godly counsel because they know if they go to the world that the world will, will verify and give them the counsel they want to hear, not what they need to hear, but what they want to hear. Don't be a want-to-hear person. Be a need-to-hear person. I need to hear the truth. I don't, want to, I don't want you just to validate what I'm doing. I want you to speak the truth in my life. And you should, the Bible says you should surround yourself with people that will speak the truth into your life from God's Word. People who know God. Not a newborn Christian. Someone that's matured in Christ, that has some counsel, that's lived some life. And you should have a group of people that you call and say, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I'm thinking about making this decision. Or, you know, there's a lot of it. We can just make the decision on our own. It's not. But, man, when you're unsure, that's when you seek counsel. Or you don't have all the information about a decision you're making. Seek to counsel some people that have information. Or that have been proven to give wise counsel to you. That care about you. They won't be critical. They'll, they'll, they might give you some criticism, but it's constructive. Otherwise, it's made to, there's, there's criticism that's, that's birthed to tear you down from people who don't love you. And then there's constructive criticism. The reason they put the word constructive in front of it is because it's really designed to build you up. And you've got to have some people in your life that speak to you like that. It doesn't mean they're always right. But you, 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 you know, you, but you need to hear it. You need to hear an opposing side. or You need to hear. You just need counsel. I surround myself with people that counsel me. I ask a th- I'll ask people, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? All the time. I ask my wife. I ask my brother. I ask other pastors. I just talked to Pastor Rick in Claremore, Oklahoma. I ask, we talk all the time about situations. I talk to the elders. I talk to the staff. I mean, I have friends that I talk to, uh, Marvin over there and others, that we talk about stuff a, a lot. And Jared Helms and others that I, I speak to. And we talk about things. And and man, we bounce things off each other and, you know, ask counsel and advice. And, and that's what you need. You need people like that in your life. Amen? He said, if you choose to follow good counsel. Now, good counsel only comes from those who know Jesus. Mm. He said, it will rescue you from evil in disguise and from those who speak duplicities. Otherwise, duplicities are lies. 
When you follow God's wisdom, it'll rescue you. It'll rescue you from lies and rescue you from people who are hypocritical, evil in disguise. A sheep, in, uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It will expose that person to you. He will, that wisdom will expose it. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Man, I could tell you some stories about that. For they have left the paths of righteousness and walk in the ways of darkness. They take pleasure when evil prospers and thoroughly enjoy a lifestyle of sin. Don't take any counsel from people like that. Take counsel from someone that enjoys, thoroughly enjoys a lifestyle of sin. All they're going to lead you to is sin. Sin loves company. Anybody, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, anybody party out here before you were saved. But you, it's, it was terrible to party alone. It wasn't a party. That was depressing. Yeah, yeah, you had to call somebody. Hey, man, you, you know, and if you, your friends couldn't do it, man, you'd call people that you hadn't talked to in a year. Hey, man, what's up? I need someone to party with. You know, I need someone to drink with because it's no fun. Listen, sin loves company. And it'll try, it'll try to pull you in and, and to, to lie to you to do it. And only loves when evil prospers instead of when God's goodness prospers. Then it says this, but they're walking on a path to nowhere, wandering away into deeper deception, a deception, deeper and deeper. They go deeper and deeper in, deeper and deeper in. It's so sad. I watch them walk deeper and deeper and deeper into deception and lies and sin. It really hurts my heart to watch people do that. It just hurts my heart. It's like wisdom is calling them back to shore, and they're, they're swimming out to the open ocean. You're like, why won't you turn around and swim back? And all, they're just getting further and further out where they're, sometimes it reaches a point of no return when they don't follow wisdom. He said, only wisdom can save you from the flattery of a promiscuous woman. She's such a smooth-talking seductress. Man, it, it goes on to talk about sexual sin and how... how seducing sexual sin is. How Satan will appear as a seductress and seduce you. Tell you everything you want to hear. I've had people tell me, yeah, I'm having an affair, but this guy, this girl, all she talks to me is about Jesus. I'm like, what a stinking liar. <laughs> you laugh, but I've had many of those conversations. And it just it's like, can you not see how how big a lie this is? You're having an affair and they, they're claiming to have a Bible study with you? What a stinking lie. That's Satan appearing as an angel of light. That's, that's Lucifer himself guiding them to appear like an angel of light and tell them, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, my husband didn't have Bible studies with me and this guy I'm having an affair with or this woman, she, she loves, she should go to church. She loves, man, gosh, wake up. I don't know if someone heard that tonight, but if that's you, stop. It's a lie. It's deceptive. Their feet go down to one place, and that's to hell. That's where they're leading you. Stop it. You're walking out in tremendous deception and lies. It's not wisdom. It's foolishness. But if you walk in wisdom, there's such good things. There's so many good things come out of it. And I just want to encourage you today, seek it. 
Take time every day to seek God's wisdom. And watch what happens. Everything he said in here will come to pass. I've mentioned this scripture before, but I really want you to go to it again. It's been on my heart all day. And we're about to get into some of the marks and things of wisdom. We'll have a few minutes to do that. But, man, I want to talk about this scripture once again. It's Proverbs 27. It's verse 7. It says, when your soul is full. What does it mean to have a full soul? It means that what it talked about in Proverbs 2, that your soul is has, you have pleasure in your soul. There's a joy. There's a peace because you, you know God's wisdom. Your mind has been renewed with the word of God. And you're walking in that wisdom. You're acting on that wisdom. Your soul is full. Your life is full. Amen? And you have this full life. And again, guys, I don't want you to get a misperception that it's everything's perfect when you're like, some people act like, man, Pastor Troy, your life must be just perfect. I'm like, no way. No, it's not. We got stuff I'm praying about. I'm on my face every day about health issues in my family. I'm on my face every day about have the wisdom to guide this church and the wisdom to, to just teach my sons and my daughter. I'm, guys, man, I'm on my face every day for people that are sick in our church that need Jesus to move. None of that is easy, but there's still in all of that, all that stuff I have to pray out every day, I get to pray out every day. It's a privilege for me to pray for you. I get to pray out in all the junk and all the ugliness I see in broken families and stuff around me. I still see people getting answered prayer and God's goodness, but my life is still full. My heart is still full. My soul is still full. Listen to what it says here. It says, when your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey. Otherwise, that when stuff looks appealing, when you're, you're so full, you don't need a bunch of other stuff. You're just full. And the only way you can have your soul full, he's talking about your mind. When your mind is full of the goodness of God, the word of God, man, it doesn't matter what is happening. You don't have to grab a hold of something just because it's sweet. You're not a taker. You're a giver. When your soul is full. Only people whose soul is not full are takers. They take all the time. You know, one of the things we're going to do for Christmas is I'm going to teach a series uh, of, of things about Christmas. It's going to be so exciting to teach for four straight Sundays. And Christmas Eve's on Sunday morning, which is really cool, man. So we'll, we'll have Christmas Eve. We'll have three, like three Christmas Eve services, and then we'll have Midnight Massive when we come and take communion, 1130 to 1230, and we'll do that. And, and, and then, then we'll have Christmas Day uh, to celebrate and a couple days off, most of us. And, but, but one of the things we're going to do is we're going to buy a bunch of shoes. And when I teach, I'm not going to tell you what I'm teaching on this day, but we're going to give away a bunch of shoes after third service to people, brand new shoes to kids. Because we're going to do something for four Sundays in a row that we're going to bless our community and bless our people. And so, but, because, because when your soul is full, you just want to give. You just, you don't, you don't have to grab even the sweetest honey. It's like, I don't even need that, man. I, I'm good. I, let me give you some honey. Let me give you something sweet. So when your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey. But, everybody say but. When your soul is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. These are the people that are unbelievable. It's, it's, it's grown exponentially like I've never seen it in my lifetime. People addicted to negative drama. 
They're addicted to negativity. Why are they addicted? Listen, here's your answer. Their soul is starving. Their soul is so starving that even bitter things become sweet to them. And I've said it before. It reminds me of when Jesus casted, cast legion out of that man, thousands of demons out of that man, and they said, can we go to the pigs? People always wonder, why do I want to go to pigs? Well, I'll tell you why. Because demons are dead. They're dead. They're starving for life. They'll take anything that even feels like life. And that's how most people are in our culture today. Their soul is so starved for any kind of life because the only way you can get real life is through accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. That's when you get some life in your soul, in your heart. And because they're starving, they crave gossip. They crave bitterness. They crave this, I mean, any kind of negative drama. They'll create it. They'll build it. They'll act on it. They'll, they gotta have it because it's the only time they ever feel any life. It is so sad to me. If that's you, stop. Fill your soul with the word and experience real life. Stop that. It's not, you know it's not real life. It's bitterness and brokenness and tears and, and people live, they're thriving off that drama on social media. Thriving off of it. Get off of that. Don't participate. You have to understand, you can't even rebuke people like that because they won't take a rebuke. They'll love it if they can draw you into that conversation. Make you mad. They'll call you anything. Do anything to try to draw you in to this negative negativity and to their drama because they're starving to death in their soul. So even bitter things seem sweet to them and they thoroughly enjoy it because it's the only life they can feel because they don't know Jesus as Lord. And so that's why it's so important that when we read Proverbs 2, that we seek and acquire God's wisdom so we don't end up like this. Some of us used to live this way. That the only time we felt alive is when something bad was happening. And if it wasn't happening, we're going to create it to happen. And we hung out with people that would make sure it happened. And people thrive off people who, who ignite those situations all the time. You know, people who don't, aren't igniters, but they like to follow along with that person that's causing strife and trouble and gossip and sleeping around and stealing this person's husband and doing this and, uh, you know, stealing this person's wife or you know, just, just these people that are just all in this mess. Man, we're supposed to just shun that. We pray for them, we love them, we care about them, but we're not supposed to hang out with that or crave that or be part of that. That's foolishness not wisdom. So when we're walking in wisdom, what does that feel like? Well, when I finally found that scripture last week in James chapter three, I was in James chapter two looking for it and I thought I was in James chapter three. Some of you remember last week I got lost. When we're, when we're doing, when we're walking in wisdom, there's certain things that we will feel, certain things that we will experience that feels so good to our soul. And I think I asked him to put it up on the screen because I wanted to read it in the NLT, James chapter 3, verse 17. You still have that? Nope. Okay, we'll read it out of the Passion Version. Nope. Okay, it says, But the wisdom from above is always pure, and we talked about purity, filled with peace, and we talked about being a peacemaker instead of a peace breaker, that we're looking for peace 
trying to find peace, not trying to find a fight. If a fight comes to us, we'll fight it, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will experience God. So he said, then we're filled with peace, considerate and teachable. That word there in the, the NLT is gentle. We're gentle. We're, we're people that are gentle. We're, we're, we're uh, non-combative. We're not easily offended is the greatest definition of that, is that we're not easily offended. We don't walk around with a chip on our shoulder, you know, and everybody that laughs at us or everybody that looks at us has got something going on. Like, what are you looking at? You know, we're not that kind of people. And I, I make fun of that because I walked around with a chip on my shoulder. I thought you were laughing at me. If I walked in a room and someone started laughing, I'm already mad dog. And you're like, what are you, are you laughing at me? You know, half the time they're like, you're stupid. We're not laughing at you. Who'd you call stupid? Now, I mean, there's going to be a fight. And so you can't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Everything makes you angry and everybody makes you mad. And everybody that looks at you or says something to you. Man, we, we're not supposed to be easily offended. God said, be quick to listen, slow to anger. Quick to repent. Otherwise, he wants us to focus more on what we're doing instead of what other people are doing. And so we should be, we should, he tells us specifically, be, do not be easily offended. Why does he tell us that? And he tells us that more than once because, man, it's so easy to get offended. Man, you can't, man, you walk in Walmart and somebody is looking on the shelves and they got their cart right in the middle of the road. You can't, you're standing there like, and you want to go, <clears throat> but people are crazy in today's world. You're thinking, well, I don't know if I want to say anything to them because they might just want to start cussing me out or something, you know. And, and they don't even notice you. They don't, because people are so blind to others, they don't even notice. They don't even care. You know, I, you know in my old life, I would have just popped out. It would have been bumper carts, man. Get your cart over there. You don't like that, don't park it in the middle. You're laughing because some of you think just like that. But I don't do that anymore. As a matter of fact, I'll go all the way around the aisle. I'll just go, okay, here we go. Pastor Sean's patting Miss Monica. Is that a. She get her switchblade out? <laughs> you think I'm kidding? She cut herself on her hand sharpening her switchblade the other day. That's an inside joke, but she did cut herself. Uh, she's in the kitchen cutting uh, ministry because I'm in that ministry too. Uh, but, uh, but listen, guys, we, we can't walk around and you can't even drive if you're easily offended. You're going to always be offended. Man. So when you're walking in wisdom, these qualities are showing up in you. Moral stains, moral stuff is starting to get washed away. You're, you're, you're looking to make peace, not make war. War comes to you, you'll fight a war. But that's not what you're looking for. And then you begin, when you start walking that purity and, that, and you're a peacemaker, you're just not easily offended. You're just not. It's like, man, they're not going to offend me. They can try all they want to. I could care less what they're doing. I'm just going to go around them, do this, go, go around the thing. You know, some people think, well, I'm not backing down. Well, you can live like that, but I'm telling you, you'll live like that every time you go around the public. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that mentality. 
So you know when you're walking in wisdom, when your life's getting pure, you know you're walking in wisdom when you're a peacemaker, not a peace breaker, not trying to break the peace, but you're trying to add peace, and when you're not easily offended. That's when you know those are the qualities, those are the emotions, those are the things that you're walking in when you're walking in God's wisdom. Amen? We still have four more things we're going to cover that James chapter 3 talks about. Qualities that we will have and marks that, that we can judge it. We can say, man, I, I, I'm craving more peace than a fight anymore. And I'm not as easily as offended as I was. And some of the moral issues I dealt with, man, have been washed away from me. And you're, you're like, man, I'm, I'm walking in God's wisdom. I'm doing it because I'm experiencing the emotions and the marks and the qualities, the characteristics of walking in the wisdom of God. And then you'll be successful. Then you'll have success. Good success. Listen, every eye closed here and online, if I don't know where you're at or what you're doing, if you're by yourself, you, you know, just you don't have to close your eyes or whatever. Uh, just focus. You know, we want you to close your eyes here because there's some people that have to get to a per- certain place right now. And if you don't have to, if you're not working uh, and have to get to a place you serve, please don't move. Please don't move. Please don't. But I'm asking you to close your eyes to remove distractions. And if you need to do that at your house or wherever you're at, do that now. But if you're driving, listen to this. Don't close your eyes. (laughs) Pull over to the side of the road and close your eyes. I've caught myself praying sometimes and I've got my eyes closed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm driving. I better open my eyes. But I just want you to consider your life and And you can't even begin to walk in wisdom until you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And it's a surrender. And what you're saying is, Jesus, you surrendered your life for me, and I believe that. And if the God of the universe, a holy God, will come in the form of his son and do that for me, God that's perfect, that's never sinned, that has no evil intentions, that is just. People say, well, what about the Old Testament? That's justice, guys. I'm never mad at justice. I don't think justice is evil. When people that are arrested for hurting others, I don't, I don't think that's evil for them to be arrested. I just think it's justice. God's a God of justice. But He loves us. He doesn't want us to, He doesn't want us to be dominated and carried away by sin in this life, enslaved to it. And you might not even realize it. I hope you realize it tonight. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, you are a slave to sin. It's controlling you. You are not in charge of it. That's one of Satan's great lies, that somehow you're controlling it. You're not. You're a slave to it. That's why you can't stop some of the things you want to stop. And you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord because he surrendered his life for you and you surrender your life to him, he sets you, set you free. Sin has no more right to dominate you anymore. It doesn't mean you won't ever sin, but he doesn't have a right to dominate you anymore. You'll be free to choose and sometimes you'll choose wrong. But God, you'll pick yourself up, ask God to forgive you and you'll, he'll forgive you and he'll help you until you've defeated it because you're free now when you accept Jesus as Lord, when you surrender your life to him. 
And then you're free to walk in his wisdom. Because until you know the Lord Jesus and, you've, and he sent the Holy Spirit to live in you, there's no way you can understand. You won't even understand his wisdom. It doesn't make any sense to you. Only foolishness does. Then when you begin to walk in his wisdom, you'll, you'll learn all about his ways and how he thinks. and You'll begin to walk in that. And things will change. You'll learn all about faith. And you'll, you'll be believing God, what God promised to do. You'll start believing in and you'll see God's promises come to pass. It won't be perfect and a lot of times it's not easy. But it will be so, so good. It's the only way you'll discover your destiny. It's the only way you'll feel like you have a real purpose. It's the only way that you can be forgiven of your sins and go to heaven. It's the only way. Jesus is the only way. So if you're listening online or you're here tonight, you've never prayed. You're like me. I, I went to church one time at 18 and I'd never prayed first prayer I ever really prayed was to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. It changed my destiny here and in eternity. You can change yours today. Whether you're 16, 8, or 80, 30, 40, doesn't matter. You can change it today by surrendering your life to Him, by giving Him your life. Accepting His, His Lordship, His leadership. Maybe you've prayed before. You've walked away, run away from God, and you just need to come home. And that's why you're listening tonight online, and that's why you're here tonight. You're like, man, I need me some church. I, I got to get back right. Maybe you've been walking in tremendous deception, and it's time to stop walking in those lies and walk in the truth that you know. It's time to come home. We want to pray with you, too to be restored back into the kingdom, to the household of our Father. So whether it's your first time or your next time, online or in here, on the count of three, online, I want you to send us a message. I'm praying for the first time or the next time. In this room, I, I'm asking you, on the count of three, to raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to pray and get right with God tonight. Whether it's your first time or your next time, I'm getting right with God. And then just put your hand down. And then right after that, where you're at online and where we're at in this room, where you're seated, we're going to pray. There's no strings attached to it. Now it's between you and God. We can lead you there. But it's your own sincerity of your heart that's going to matter. And you won't walk out of here perfect, but you'll walk out of here saved and forgiven. And on your way, on your way to really living a real life, a real one. So if that's you, one, two, three, raise your hand and say it's me. I'm going to get right with God before I leave here. Thank you. All over this room. Wow. All over, thank you. All over the room. Thank you online. Let's all pray together. Let's all pray right now together. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone, that you love me. And you sent Jesus to die for my sins on a cross. You raised him from the dead. And he's alive. You did all of that to rescue me from the slavery of sin in this life. And the sentence of sin 
in the next. You want to forgive me, set me free, and give me heaven, not hell, as my eternal home. Thank you. And because I believe that, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. I surrender my life to you. And I receive the Holy Spirit. Teach me now by your Spirit and by your Word how to live life and life to the full until I see you in heaven. Thank you. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on. Celebrate the goodness of God. Thank you all. Have a good night. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.